Charter and Disney are at a standoff over rates, bundling and how DTC apps are treated. Neither side is blinking and the future direction of linear TV distribution is up for grabs. Listen on to learn more. This week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and uh, Tom Dixon from Endscreen Media is with me, of course. And uh, how are you doing, Tom? I'm doing really well. Well, I'm getting very busy uh, getting prepared for IBC, which is taking place in Amsterdam starting not this weekend, but next weekend, next uh, a week on Friday. So if any of you listeners are going to IBC and you see me rushing around the halls, call me and say hi. It'd be great to great to speak with you. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. And boy, do I love Amsterdam. What a beautiful city. All right. Well, have a great time there, Colin. No doubt you'll be busy with lots of meetings and stuff. And I think we're going to go ahead and get started for this week. Yeah, we've both got a couple of stories that we want to highlight. Ironically, both of those stories are to do with YouTube. So this, I kind of came across this story tucked away in a piece on Media Play. And it's basically that YouTube is redesigning its CTV experience, which I think is uh, probably very timely. Um, one of the things that they're doing, well, they've discovered, they say that a lot of viewing on CTV is much longer, 21 minutes or more, they say. Yeah, they say 79% of viewers would prefer video ads that are grouped together instead of distributed throughout the video. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a couple of things. One is that they, the, the, the ads will be in pods and further space further apart. Uh, I think that's definitely one of the things. Another thing that you're going to also see is there will be a countdown timer, uh, which they've not been doing and which other services do do, which that you know when that ad's going to finish or when you can skip it. Uh, so I think those two those two things will be really good. And also some of the ads are going to be longer as well. So basically, it's, I think, aligning with the YouTube, the YouTube CTV experience more with a sort of uh, experience that you would get in Hulu, where once again, the ad breaks are further apart, you get the countdown timer. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a more TV like experience. So I think this is a good change for YouTube and will probably help lift its, fur- its viewing further on CTV. And it, of course, it's become a monster. It is used as much as Netflix or more than Netflix these days on CTV. So, uh, I think good move to modernize the TV ad experience for YouTube users. Yeah, we talked about that last week, how uh, according to the new Comscore data that YouTube's engagement on CTV is the highest of any streaming uh, service out there. And um, of course, they're the 800 pound gorilla of uh, streaming video ads also. So this type of um, innovation, I'm sure is going to be welcome in the uh, advertising community. And, uh, you know, they're actually, I think, pushing the envelope on a bunch of different stuff there to try to make ads more flexible and um, to allow advertisers to move a viewer all the way through from awareness through to action. And um, and that's something I think a, a lot of advertisers are, are eager to be able to do within one campaign. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so, Will. And I, I don't know if our re, uh, if our listeners will remember, but last year they made a couple of modifications, including adding 30-second ads, non-skippable ads, and pause experience ads. And they also add shoppable ads on CTV. Yep. So they've really been, uh, I think, improving the ad experience a lot on YouTube TV. Although I have to say, or YouTube, excuse me. Although I have to say, Will, that uh, I don't watch ads because I pay for uh, YouTube Premium. And and uh, boy, it's it's great when you don't see those frequent interruptions. But I guess the ad experience yeah. is going to improve for everybody. Anyway, yeah. what did you see? Well, speaking of YouTube, uh, kind of the flip side of YouTube as uh, from being a content and advertising platform to being an advertiser itself. I was um, intrigued by a fun item. I thought a fun item this week that the uh, the new arena in Las Vegas called the Sphere is going to be opening and um, the sphere actually has something they call the exosphere, which is uh, uh, that the entire surface, 580,000 square feet of exterior of the sphere can be turned essentially into a LED uh, billboard. And the first ad that's going to be uh, on this exosphere paid ad is going to be from YouTube and they're promoting their uh, new NFL Sunday ticket offer, which you and I have talked about many times on the, the podcast. We're both excited about um, for them. Uh, and this is a kind of a high profile, innovative new way of being able to promote it. So um, there is uh, a, a picture of it. I was reading about this in the journal and uh, there's a picture of a mock-up essentially of what it's going to look like. And, uh, it's just massive, this thing, this sphere. It's just massive. And they're going to be rotating uh, images of different helmets, 32, 32 helmets of the NFL uh, across the sphere's um, exterior. And it's really eye-catching. I'm very eager to see what it actually looks like when it's live. I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of uh, social media around it. Um, and it's pr- uh, being positioned as the highest profile um, out of home uh, billboard opportunity in the world. And, um, you know, YouTube is taking the pole position with um, the uh, NFL Sunday ticket. And it's going to be fun to see it in action, I think. I think it will. And I got to tell you, Will, the last couple of years, every time I visited Vegas, I've watched this thing going up and you are right this thing is massive and i it's very very impressive looking even in the construction i said to the the cabbies several times well what what's going on over there how long is it when's it going to be completed and uh yeah it'll be if you're going to vegas soon i got a feeling you'll enjoy seeing that uh, it's pretty much unmissable it will be unmissable so uh, anyway, a couple items there on YouTube this week, and uh, let's migrate into our main story, Colin, and it looks like Charter and Disney have reached something of a standoff in terms of their relationship, and um, Charter is positioning it as uh, nothing less than kind of a battle over the future of, of TV and video. Is that an overstatement, do you think? I actually don't think it's an overstatement. I will. And I, the way I'm looking at this, really, this is a moment that had to come because the business model for traditional pay television has not, has been broken 
for at least a decade um, and things have just been getting worse and worse for cable operators in the business but not necessarily for the content providers so just to, just to highlight what's going on here charter and disney were negotiating uh, for the carriage of disney's channels espn disney the disney channels etc on charter's uh, spectrum pay tv service and they basically reached an impasse and charter yanked the Disney channels down just I think it was last weekend which did not make uh, some college football fans very happy at all now what Charter says is happening is that Disney has demanded higher license fees for its channel that's the first thing it is demanding that they pay for customers that do not receive the channels in other words it wants Disney wants to be paid for every subscriber, even those subscribers that may not be receiving Disney channels, or all of the Disney channels in the package. And uh, Charter says that they're also demanding less flexibility in packaging than they currently have. So that that's sort of the standard playbook for Disney and, you know, for many of the programmers when they come to renegotiate the the deals that they have with traditional pay tv operators like charter so disney is continuing to behave exactly as it has in years past higher fees um you know getting 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 paid by for as as many customers as possible and restricting flexibility to make sure that they're included in all of the packages well charter isn't prepared to put up with this anymore. And basically, they're, they're sort of pointing at all of the things that Disney has done to undermine the pay TV business. Um, that they're, they're, you know, they're reminding us that the pay TV industry has lost 25 million customers over the last uh, five years. That's 25% of, of subscribers have walked away. Um, and the programmers have moved content out of the linear channels to their D2C offerings. And in fact, Disney is a prime example of that, right? They've really focused on Disney+. Plus. They continue to favor that platform. They continue to favor Hulu as well with FX content and ABC content. And... Basically, they say, look, you're eroding the, the viewing on your channels, but you still want more money for them. And uh, we don't we don't want to pay. We don't think it's worth it. And, Will, I took a look at the numbers. And I got to tell you that I, I mentioned how this has been broken over the last 10 years. Um, so I took a look at some numbers for for Comcast. And I really wanted to, to look at the erosion in the, um, in the profit margin. And I saw 15% erosion of profit margin over since 2018. It's gotten to the stage, I think, for many providers of pay TV services that their service is simply unprofitable now. And one of the things that we saw quite recently was, wow, has decided to actually shut down their pay TV service and hand the business 
to YouTube TV. So there's plenty of evidence in the market that pay TV operators, what had once been a profitable business is now not profitable. And that has really, I think, come come to a head with Charter where it's just not willing to pay the high fees and the increases that Disney is asking for. Disney, for its part, hasn't said very much. It did provide um, a blog post where it blamed Charter for walking away. It said it, it, said it was um, comfortable extending the negotiations and leaving the channels on there and that Charter decided to walk away. Um, uh, it also claims that 71% of Charter subscribers use Disney's networks or stations. Um, you know, no way for us to verify that. I think Charter's number was, was lower than that. Um, and this, this, the, one of the, one of the things it said was, and I'm, I guess I'm going to quote from the blog post here. They said, even though Charter also claims to value Disney's direct to consumer services, the cable companies demanding these different services for free, which does not make economic sense. Moreover, it does not make sense for consumers who desire the flexibility to have our streaming platforms as a standalone service. So, yeah, Charter has asked, it's it sort of gone back to Disney and said, okay, we'll pay your new rates, but, you know, give, give Spectrum subscribers free access to your D2C uh, properties. And, of course, Disney's come back and said no, that they don't want to do that. And it's this thing it says at the very end there, it says it does not make sense for consumers who desire the flexibility. That's nonsense. If I'm a Spectrum subscriber and I get Disney access to Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus as part of my subscription, that's a really big incentive to stay subscribed. So I, I think that's absolute nonsense. So that's the gist of what's going on. To me, this sounds like it really is very different than any of these of, of the, these past negotiations and posturings that's gone on. It sounds to me like Charter is really willing to walk away from having Disney's channels on Spectrum. Yeah, well, and certainly we'll wait and see whether they do have that resolve, Colin, that you're identifying. Um, but I, I hear you on all the issues. I, I, um, I mean, these sort of carriage disputes over how much a pay TV distributor is willing to pay a programmer for its to carry its channels. These have been going on for years and years and years. And, you know, I think that is a core part. It seems to be a core part of this dispute also. But to your point, what's sort of overlaying on this is this um, concern by Charter, which I think is very legitimate, that Disney itself has launched these terrific apps, um, you know, Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Hulu, that are, in a sense, incenting viewers to drop uh, pay TV and move over to use their streaming apps. And they want to be paid a second time for that, uh, which, well, they want to be paid for that, which if you're not subscribing to pay TV, you know, so that's fair. Um, you know, you're paying the one time, but if you're already paying for 
pay TV, and then you have to pay a second time to get access to the app. I, I think Charter's kind of justifiably saying that that's creating disinterest in viewing across the linear platform uh, and also probably driving increased cord cutting. And so it, it harkens back a little bit for me to um, the model in the cable in the TV industry, it was called TV everywhere. Um, and there the idea was that you paid the one fee uh, to your pay TV operator. And then you were able to access all of the content across different platforms, whether that was mobile or desktop or wherever um, TV everywhere. did not really end up getting a lot of traction for a variety of reasons. Uh, but the model underlying model was actually pretty solid. Um, you know, the kind of pay once access everywhere here, what we've seen happen as the uh, programmers have launched their own DTC apps is that it's essentially paid twice to access everywhere. And I think charters kind of finally calling, uh, you know, foul on that approach, uh, because to their point, I think it's, it's not sustainable for consumers. They'll make their choices. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with all of that. I mean, when you think about it, um, Disney has been undermining the pay TV model. And yet they continue to demand, you know, high yeah. increases for the content yeah. that they pro- provide to that model. And as you say, get paid twice. Uh, and in fact, they're putting stuff on their DTC services that they're not putting on Charter. So you can't get a lot of the content that's in D- Disney Plus uh, and Hulu. You can't get that content on Charter's system. So I think Charter is entirely justified in saying, hey, you know, you want us, to, you want, you want us to do this? Uh, let's get, let's, let's make our pay TV system more interesting to customers. Uh, we'll get behind marketing it and we'll even market your DTC services to our broadband customers who we're not going to give, you know, who don't get free access. Um, but you've got to come back to us and show some willing here, show some some interest in supporting our service, uh, which Disney, frankly, is not. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's just ridiculous. Uh, this, this, I mean, that statement about flexibility, uh, customers valuing flexibility, not charter customers, not if you, if you were right. to give them access free with their subscription rather than having to pay that, that's just complete nonsense. So I don't know what Disney's going on about here, but the, so the real thing here, Will, is that this is something that was bound to happen. Um, I mentioned the erosion in the margins that cable TV providers are facing. I've heard about it every single time I talk to, I hear about it every time I talk to a smaller pay TV operator, that this is not profitable anymore. They just want to stop doing it. The only reason they're hanging on, if they're hanging on, is because video has churn reduction benefits for them. So it is... The people that take broadband and video are much less uh, liable to churn than somebody that takes just broadband. But the thing is that I think companies like WOW are beginning to recognize that they can get the same churn benefits, the churn reduction benefits, partnering with YouTube TV if they handle the billing. So if they 
you know, market YouTube TV to their customers as they as they are doing, but they then handle the billing, and you can, you know, um, uh, they they take care of that side, so they simplify the management of that for customers. That also has a churn reduction benefit too. So it makes it, you know, it just makes it more difficult to leave if you've got to, okay, I've got to start billing YouTube and cancel here and restart here. And, you know, it, it's problematic, right? Um, and so all of this, what all of this tells me is that Disney has lost power, a lot of power now in the negotiations. And I think all of the programmers that have made such a strong commitment now to D2C delivery have lost power with the pay TV operators. They are as likely to say no and walk away and maybe even shut down their service and hand it to somebody like YouTube uh, as they are to, I think, pay exorbitant prices anymore. They recognize that consumers are at the end of their tether. They don't want to pay any more than they're currently paying for a traditional pay TV. It's been going up faster than inflation for a decade. And I think that those things have finally come to roost and Disney has just lost a lot of power in those negotiations. They're just, uh, oh, and that's not to mention the fact that viewership is down on ESPN anyway. So the popularity of those channels has also waned. All in all, I just think this is really, I, I can't believe that Charter will end up settling and just paying the higher rates. And if they do, they're just going to pass it on directly to consumers and we'll see further acceleration in yep. cord cutting at the company. Yep. I think that's right. I, uh, If I had to guess, I would say that there will be a deal struck <laughs> at some point. There seems to always be a deal that is struck at some point. Um, but I would say it's unlikely that those uh, Disney DTC apps are going to be made available for no extra charge to Spectrum subscribers. I think that's unlikely. Um, I think it's probably more going to be around some negotiated solution on the rate increase for the underlying channels and, um, you know, a desire to stay in business together um, despite charters, you know, what they've said, I, I'm not sure that they're ready to go the route that you just said some of the smaller operators have gone, which is essentially to exit the video business. I don't know that they're quite ready to do that, although they've said they'll move on if they can't strike a deal. But, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. I, I, we will, Will, but I, I'm not as optimistic as you that the charter will will just cave on this. Um, I, I honestly think that the profitability of their pay television business and the aggravation that it brings them with all of these negotiations, uh, I think that they're now seeing a way forward without it. I think they can do perfectly well by doing what WOW has done they're providing a great uh, broadband service now. They've got fiber. They've got a lot of fiber deployed in their network, um, and that's actually one reason why Wow was so willing to do it. They've got very deep penetration of fiber in their network as well, and uh, you know, a service like YouTube TV just works great on a fiber fiber based network. So I have a feeling 
the charter, you know, if, if they really can't reach resolution, I, I might be of the, of the mind with, if I was in charter's place to say, no, we'll renew the deal. We won't pay you any extra. We won't give you any more flexibility. Um, um, otherwise, we're out of here because other, otherwise, anything else, anything else that happens is just going to accelerate cord cutting anyway. So what's the point? Why, why should we do this anymore? I've been expecting actually a big provider of pay television service to cancel and and just and just go f- focus on their broadband and maybe their wireless phone services. So uh, maybe Chad will be the first one. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll have to keep an eye, Colin. It's um, still relatively early. Uh, it's only been about a week or so. And, um, of course, the college football season is opening up here on ESPN. The U.S. Open is being played on ESPN right now. So I don't know if you know any Spectrum subscribers, but I would think that they're, um, you know, some of the harder core sports fans are moving over to some of the other online, uh, you know, VMVPDs, whether it's Hulu with Live or YouTube TV or Fubo or others. I'm sure, I'm sure they are, Will. And one of the things I'm very mindful of well, as well is for Disney, as far as I can see, this is a sort of lose-lose situation, right? They're either, they're either not going to get the increase they're asking for, or if Charter walks away, they're going to lose $2 billion over the next year. That's how much Charter would have paid them in license fees for their content, uh, according to, according to their numbers. And uh, this is, you know, this this is not coming at a good time. I was looking at Disney's uh, Disney's numbers, and they say that they're going to be profitable in the DDC with the DDC services next year, but they're still making nearly two billion dollars a quarter in in profit on their linear networks. So. <laughs> Uh, with DDC not ready to take up the slack on on that profit and they lose two billion that this is pretty bleak I think for Disney and and that's not even mentioning the impact of the strikes that that they're going to have a big impact as well so I don't know I I don't know that Disney's got as much room to maneuver as as they have in the past and I have a feeling if Charter digs in its heels that Disney Disney is the one that may cave and just say, "Okay, well, we knew the deal, <laughs> we knew the deal that we have," uh, yeah. but I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see. Okay, well, let's leave it at that for today, Colin, and we're going to keep looking and obviously update our listeners on what we uh, all hear and see going forward. But uh, I think that's it for this week, right? I think so. Okay, Colin, good chatting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you all again next week on Inside the Stream. Inside the Stream is a production of In Screen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.